welcome to Coached Up, the official podcast of Coaches vs. Cancer. Thank you for joining us. I'm DJ Allen, and it's game time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Coached Up as we wrap up the first full season of the podcast. We've had a terrific cast of coaches and other leaders in the college basketball community join us over the past year for great conversations about life, leadership, and the fight against cancer, all representing the Coaches vs. Cancer team. For this episode, we wanted to take you through some of the highlights of the past year with some of our favorite clips from our conversations. And this is just a small sampling, so go back and listen to past episodes for more lessons from some of the top names in college basketball. We'll kick off things with some words of wisdom from first Brad Underwood at Illinois, then from South Carolina's Frank Martin, as they talk about how what you see on the sidelines on game day is only a small portion of what goes into coaching and loving their teams. We use the example when we are working with some of our groups and we talk about someone, you know, with the style where you talked about, they might come off loud or they look like they're on, on the sidelines doing one thing. And we always tell our people, you know, he can coach his guys hard because he loves them harder. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what, that's what the cameras never pick up DJ. They never pick up, uh, you know, the, the, the countless hours during the week in practice or, you know, when, when, when Johnny's had a bad day of practice and you put your arm around him after practice and, you know, ask him, say, hey, anything going on? Because today wasn't your best day. Your teammates need you tomorrow now. And they, they, don't, they don't see that. And uh, that's, that's the stuff that's the real part of coaching. That's the, the stuff that's in the locker room and, and, and all the conversations about being, being accountable and responsible to the guy to your right, to the guy to your left and, and trying to build those bonds. And, and they don't see that. They just see, you, you know, they see you go out there for two hours, you know, on a Saturday and, and uh, uh, try to try to fight like heck to, to beat the other guy down the, down on the other end of the court. So uh, the real stuff is, is the stuff you never see. We use the phrase in our trainings. We, you use one of your lessons and a, a clip from a press conference years ago. Uh-oh. And we describe you to our groups as he coaches his guys hard, but he loves them harder. Is that accurate? Isn't that how we raise our children? It's uh, uh, you, 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 if you, if you, if, if you, all you care about is loving your job then you can't coach the people that follow you hard because it's all about your job. But when it's about loving the people that follow you, then they're on board. Then they want more because they realize that you're just trying to help them grow. The, the, the biggest gift that uh, my, my, the adults in my family, whether it was my grandmother, my mother, my high school coach, my uncle, the adults in my family, Uh, The biggest gift that when I look backwards and I'm like, wow, they held me accountable. They, They never allowed me to cheat myself. They never allowed me to take a shortcut. They never, uh, whenever I made a mistake, they never 
like made me think like, don't worry about it. It's okay. No, it's not okay. We're going to love you and help you through this, but you can't do this. And uh, so that's the approach that, that I've always taken. And, uh, you know, like I, I believe in telling people the truth. I believe in being honest and, and, and straight shooter with people and not allow the score of the game to ever impact um, the, the, the relationship I got with the young people that I try to lead uh, because their journey, uh, their journeys get ready to get hard. Uh, so, so I have a responsibility to, uh, to make young people understand uh, that if they do things a certain way, there's no guarantee that they're ever going to find success. That to quote the old great Jim Valvano, if you choose not to do things a certain way and I don't hold them accountable, then we can almost guarantee that they will fail and, and, and life will get really, really complicated and hard. So uh, to, to your point, long-winded answer is, yeah, that is fair. Because I, I, I would probably, if you were describing me, I'd invert the two uh, parts of the phrase. Rather than say he coaches them hard, loves them harder, I'd say he loves them really, really hard, which allows him to then coach them hard. Two passionate men there in Brad Underwood and Frank Martin, but clearly that passion isn't just about the results on the court. It's about nurturing long-lasting relationships with the players they're entrusted with developing. But it's not just the players who are developing. Coaches are growing too, each and every day. Two of college basketball's all-time greats, Lon Kruger, who just retired as Oklahoma's head coach, and Phil Martelli, current associate head coach at Michigan, shared with us how they've grown as coaches over the years. First up, Lon Kruger. As you look back at your early years coaching and all the the different opportunities that you've had, what would you go back and maybe tell yourself at the beginning of your career? What advice would you give yourself? As a younger coach, um, you know, as a player, I you know, wasn't the biggest, fastest, you know, quickest. So you, you really had to invest and do all the little things well. And maybe I expected, you know, uh, players, all the players to do that and approach it that way as a young coach. And that probably was a little frustrating when they didn't uh, have the focus or didn't have the drive or the, the desire to, to be great and, and work at it every day. And I think probably I've gained patience over time and understand that there's a process involved. Uh, players are going to make mistakes. Uh, they're going to uh, have different starting points. They're going to change at a different rate in terms of making progress. And, uh, and, and probably even today, uh, the assistant coaches probably want, want it to happen more quickly. And uh, sometimes they say, well, it will. It, it takes time. We just stay after it day after day, pound away on the same message, pound away on the same, uh, you know, the same goals and, uh, and be consistent with, with what you're after and, and, and always be positive. Uh, I think being, you know, confidence promoting is, is a basis for, uh, for what we want, the way we want to do it, uh, being constructive with our critiques, our criticism, uh, and then being consistent day after day after day. Uh, I, I think it's huge. Over the years of you being involved with the game and being a coach, how have you evolved as a coach, as a leader, working with young people? I think that's such a great question. And I think that it, it, it transcends basketball. Like, the classroom changed. 
the, the family unit has changed. And so I, I, I've really, the, the thought that comes to mind is this, I've become a better listener. I've, I've just become a better listener because I think when we all start out as young coaches, we think that the more we talk, the more you think we know. And really, silence is golden at times. I know that's a song, but, but really, silence is golden. And we have to listen because young people are, are talking to us. Sometimes they're talking through their words. Sometimes they're talking through their eyes. Sometimes they're talking through their bodies. So a better observer, a better listener, that's really where I would, I would plant myself. In coaching, in business, in life, we all experience ups and downs and go through changes, both big and small. We really enjoyed this response from George Washington head coach, Jamie and Christian, about the practices he's implemented in his life to set himself up for success. You know, so many coaches are creatures of habit. How have you grown during this period with so much change in your life over the past few years? Yeah, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we try to study a ton of like what successful people do. And, you know, obviously we're, you know, we're trying to be as successful as we can come. And to be successful, we've got to become everything that, that God has intended for us to be. And, you know, really the only way to do that is have a great like indexing of what works for you. And so that's where everything really starts from. And so one of the things I do every year as we kind of go through is I write down the 10 things that allow me to be at my best. What are 10 things are you doing when you're at your very best, right? And 10 is a hard number to get to, but I think when you work through the 10, you have a great self-awareness of what you really need, right? And so I start everything with that. So every decision I'm going to make, I start with that and I kind of branch off from there. Um, And during this time, there's nothing more important than that. Uh, Mental health and physical health, are extremely important. Um, you know, I meditate each day. Um, I try to put myself in an environment where I'm, I'm constantly learning and growing. I felt like now in the age we're in, there's, there was like a cloud of negativity that was trying to get into each and every one of us. And the only way to fight this cloud of negativity is by just changing your viewpoint, right? And so, you know, you're you're a kid, you're laying on that blanket, you're watching the clouds above you and you're kind of looking and, you know, if you move your head one way this way, there's there's blue sky. And if you move back the other way, there's like a cloud right over you. So I kind of viewed this time period as a great, great test and, and a challenge of how can I have my viewpoint in the right direction? The negativity Coach Christian talks about is real and it can weigh us down and the people around us. We asked Dan Gavitt, the NCAA's senior VP of basketball, about how he deals with the pressure and the noise in his role. But when you have a job that's in the spotlight, it's easy to be a target at times. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) (laughs) What advice do you have for those who face criticism, sometimes maybe for the first time in their careers? I think it's an excellent question and probably, and I've experienced it at different levels during my career, but probably never more so than at the NCAA um, because, you know, for better or worse, um, you know, some media and fans, you know, think about the NCAA and just think about it in in a negative light or in a, you know, kind of confrontational way um, because of some of the membership rules and policies that we have in place. And so, you know, we're an easy target for some of that criticism to come um, at us and, and me. And so 
I have, you know, had to kind of learn how to deal with that a little bit more the last eight years I've been at the NCA than maybe in some uh, ways before. Then <clears throat> a couple things I think are fairly self-evident. One is don't pay too much attention to social media. You know, if you use it at all, I mean, you really have to, I think, be mindful, um, you know, not to let that dark coal, you know, engulf you. Um, and I do, you know, I, I follow things on social media and certainly I'm, I want to be mindful of what fans and media and others are thinking um, because, you know, you have to listen too. you have to be a good listener for sure. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, just be true to what you know is right. You know, it's, you know, I go back to like Ted, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, the, the, uh, you know, whoever's in the arena is really the only one that knows what's going on in the arena. So you want to be mindful and, and listen to others, but, um, you know, be true to your craft, be very studious and, um, in what you do and, and focus on that. And, you know, you can only control the things you can control. And if you pay mu too much attention to criticism or noise that happens outside of what's in your control, then it's bound to distract you. And, and that's when it really does become problematic. So, um, you know, really just staying focused on the tasks at hand, trusting in your teammates and your leadership um, and, and I think if you do that, then it's less likely you will become distracted and, and influenced by any negativity you might be reading or hearing about. Dan talked about the impact of social media, and that's something that new NABC president Craig Robinson discussed as well. You know, and it's it's so fascinating, of course, anytime we talk about young people, and it's easy to talk about young people because it's just a good example, but sometimes what young people are dealing with the same struggles that, that those of us who may not be considered young anymore still deal with. You think about that, those of mm -hmm. us in our 40s, we may not have had social media training. You know, you bring up mental health and there's something right now, obviously mental health is such a hot button, but it's interesting how social media is very much connected with it. It's not talked about much, right? right. You think about how these, how young people, whether they're athletes or not are validated through social media yeah. and compared and judged. And yeah, yeah, DJ, it, it's it, it reminds me of you know one of the one of the real um, turning points or uh, teaching points in my life was um, when I I came home once and said to my mom, you know, so and so at school doesn't like me, and she she. Um, she hit the roof. She's, she was like, you shouldn't be worried about so-and-so liking you. You should be worried about people in this house. That's all you should worry about. So your self-esteem is about your hard work and how you treat people in this house. You don't worry about what other people think. And that is now social media has made the, the complete opposite of that, the norm. And it's just so unfortunate for, for, uh, these young people, because I think it hits them at an early age where they're, they're, they want the, they want the likes, they want the likes from people who they don't even know. And it's, it's, it, it's a real, um, it's a challenging aspect of being a leader of young people. And, and then this industry itself, it's even at a heightened level because we're talking about young people who are being celebrated at a, at a very young age. And it first starts really on social media. So that's where they first get the love, first get the validation. 
And that's what they turn to. And when the hate comes, it's even stronger than when you or I were gossip about at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. The hate comes. And not only is does it hit them hard because it's not likes, it also hits them hard because we um, hold our children accountable in a different way nowadays. So they don't they don't hear anything bad until they see it on social media. Right. And that could be devastating. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's fun talking to, to some NBA guys and, and we'll always talk to them about, do you remember the first time you got the hate? Do you remember? And they can tell you where they were. They can tell you what <laughs> AAU tournament it was, but because yeah. for the first few years, it's all the love, right? It's right. coming. And, and as coaches, we need to know this. And listen, it's not just the guys going to the NBA, you know, it's at every single level and yeah. it should be like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's just someone who at home, they don't know what they're talking about, but it does. It's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having spent some time in the NBA, I can tell you, and you know, this, DJ, the, the, the guys who know how to com- compartmentalize, they're the ones who have the most success, right? Because they can put that, that it's not that the hate doesn't bother them. They just do a better job of managing it. And, and, and they also, which means they also do a better job managing the love too. So right. they, don't get, they don't get too high and they don't get too low. Right. When you get a chance to talk to coaches, you realize immediately that they're not just thinking about the X's and O's on the court because so much of what they do is about day-to-day leadership. Here's Hawaii head coach, Aran Ganat. You talked about some of the leaders you had the opportunity to be around. What traits do you value in leaders? That's a great question because I think we talk about leadership within our program, and this happened in the programs I've been with, as much as you do kind of your jump shot in the X's and O's. It is huge. Um, so that's a long answer, but I'm trying to uh, do my best here uh, to go quick. But because you know, everyone knows you, you can't be a leader. If, number one, you don't set an example. If you're not about if you don't have a tremendous work ethic and uh, not about the right stuff, not a great communicator. But some of the separators really for me is uh, really first is consistency, um, reliability. You got to be counted on every day. Leadership's a 24 seven thing. Um, integrity, um, authenticity you got to be who you are vulnerability because as they do as your the younger generation does we do we make mistakes um not only can you have to show your ability to own it you got to own it in the moment so uh in the moment leadership i think is important too because you can talk about all these things but how you handle certain situations because they will be thrown at you left and right and how effectively you do that and how quickly you do that in, in some regards is important uh, in terms of sending the message. So I think a bunch of those things, there's more, uh, but those jump out at me that, that there's a presence and a, a trust and respect that guys just naturally feel uh, when they're around you or other leaders um, that encompasses all those things. ESPN's Sean Farnham interacts with these leaders all season long. And Sean has recognized a few of the common traits among the best of the best in the business. When you think back on some of the most impactful leadership lessons that you've learned from coaches that you've covered, what are some of the lessons that come up? 
I think there's 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 one is accountability is one of the biggest words that I think has been lost in society. Um, you know, are you accountable for your, your mistakes? Are you accountable for your successes? Are you accountable in life in general? And I think the best coaches hold their teams accountable. Uh, they also empower their teams to hold each other accountable. And I think that's always the most important part is having more than just one voice um, and, and empowering to find that voice and that leadership from within your, your nucleus of your group as well. I think consistency, you know, consistency in who you are, consistency in what your expectations are, allows a clear understanding of what is expected uh, by your team. And I think that the great leaders in college basketball have consistency in their approach. They don't have the highs and lows, you know, they're not, they're, they're not a earthquake chart in California. And you're like, well, geez, Oh, we're great today. We're bad tomorrow. We're great today. We're bad. Uh, you did, uh, you know, you don't see that start and stop. What you see is a nice steady incline that goes across the season that is growing because as your consistency grows, you're elevating the people that are around you to, to elevate up to that next level and next, that next tier without even realizing that they've actually gotten there. And so I think that consistency is, is very important. I think the, the next aspect of it, so accountability, consistency, and then communication is, is like any relationship. How do you build trust? You build trust in a marriage through communication. You build trust with your friends through communication, talking to them, uh, not just when things are bad, not just when things are great, but on, on a and on, on a check-in basis. How often do you check in? And, and in particular this year, and make sure your friends are okay. I think that's that's something that in a disconnected, isolated world has become even more important. Um, and so when you put in those three things, I think those are the top three attributes that you see consistently amongst the best coaches in the country. You probably heard some similarities in those responses, being consistent and level-headed through the highs and the lows, being authentic in the way you interact and communicate with those around you. Sean also mentions empowering others to also be leaders, which is something that Brown head coach and former co-captain when he was a player, Mike Martin, mentioned as well. Obviously, we talk about leadership and we focus on the coaches, but you being that player, being that co-captain, how important is it for leadership to come from the players themselves? Well, I think, you know, you, you hear that expression, uh, coach-led teams are good, player-led teams are great, right? And, and I think that's definitely true. I think when, when the coaches aren't around, if their message is being reciprocated in the locker room by the, the players and, you know, the captains or even just, you know, leaders, uh, I think that's when you have your best teams. Uh, that's when you have now you need talent and you need all the other things that are important, uh, you know, with, with that go along with being a winning program. But uh, teams that are truly player led, if, you know, if those leaders have the credibility that I just talked about and have the work ethic and the drive and the commitment and the attitude uh, that is uh, necessary, that's when I think, uh, you know, teams can really reach their full potential because, you know, they, the, the players uh, are going to react best to their peers. And if uh, you can hold each other accountable peer to peer and then still be best friends off the court, I think that's when you can really have something special. We'll wrap up with one of our favorite stories from the past year when co-host Lon Kruger and I talked with Oregon's Dana Altman. Coach Altman gave us a great example of a future NBA player who stepped up as a leader and was selfless, putting his team first. And that sacrifice ultimately led to the Ducks 2017 Final Four run. You know, the Final Four team was special 
And because of one reason, uh, we, we had six starters on that team. Uh, Dylan Brooks was coming off a, an injury and, you know, Dylan had to be in the starting lineup for his personality. And Chris Boucher, who's now with the Toronto Raptors, had started his whole junior year. And he came to me and said, hey, you know, Dylan needs to start. I can handle coming off the bench. Um, I'll come off the bench if you need me to, coach. And it was the most unselfish act that we've ever had, I've ever had in, you know, in all these years of coaching. And it was the only thing that enabled that team to have the chemistry to go to the final four. So uh, I still remember that. I still talk about it to our, our teams. I talk about it to the press. I, I can't believe an NBA caliber type player coming to me and saying, Hey, I can handle coming off the bench coach. And uh, you know, so that, you know, that really helped that team. Well, based on uh, your comment about Chris, uh, He'd become a, a most favorite player of mine right there, you know, and all coaches would say that when you got a player that will do that for the team and uh, have an attitude like that, it, uh, it, is, it is huge. Thank you for listening to the special episode of Coached Up. If you're listening to this right now, you are a part of Team Coaches versus Cancer. So tell others about Coached Up, and we encourage you to go back and listen to past episodes if you haven't, or even if you've had, because there's so much great insight from leaders of college basketball, and we'd love to learn from them while celebrating the work that they do year-round to support the mission of the American Cancer Society through Coaches vs. Cancer and the NABC. Remember, life is a team sport, and we're rooting for you. Be great.